Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning. This is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for listening to the show that celebrates creating and stories. And let's get together and tune our imaginations. You know, one of the things I love about our KYMN studios is that we have a window to the world on Division Street. I like feeling connected to the happenings at this end of the town, end of town as we share our stories on the air. We see people walking on the sidewalk. There's a little uh, brush machine taking the snow off the sidewalk this morning. We see the steps to the library, traffic moving through town. Sometimes we get to notice the way nature changes through the seasons and, of course, the many colors of the sky. And there's comfort in that motion and familiarity in the background of Artsany Radio. So it's like we're all moving inside of stories and creating more stories at the same time. And I love that. And, you know, I think about you uh, and listeners out there, and I imagine that you're going through your morning routines as you're listening and beginning the day's adventures. And I like that idea of having company. And, you know, I know the people on the street who walk by can't hear our stories from what we're saying. And I wonder what they ponder about as they peer inside our window. Do they make up a story about our conversation? Where does their curiosity lead them? A lot of them are surprised and they kind of just walk quickly past because I I think they worry, the good Minnesotans, that they don't want to interrupt us. But it is so fun to have a window to the world. And we are creatures that like to see what's happening. You know, when I was a kid, as we drove through a neighborhood, I would make up stories about the goings-on in the houses we passed. There would be one detail of the house or an action inside of the house that would spark something in my mind, and I would follow that nugget and take it into the world of a made-up family in my mind. And I loved inventing these characters and a new world. That was kind of my entertainment as we took trips with the family. And it's no wonder that there are so many stories in entertainment about looking at what's going on through the window. There are endless ways to develop beginning of a tale into something fascinating and memorable. And I bet after hearing this conversation, you'll see more windows this week as entries into great stories. And that's how this story today on Art Zany Radio unfolds. So let's get started and look through the wrong window. I'm going to open up the mics and welcome my guest today. Joining me in the studio is Patrick Broucher. I forgot to say, is that the correct pronunciation? Brocker? Oh, and I got the wrong mic for you, so let's say it one more time. Patrick Brocker. Brocker. I yes. apologize. I don't. I think I've always said that incorrectly, so okay. I'm sorry I didn't ask you in advance, but now I got it and I won't forget it. And also joining us um, today on Artsany Radio is Garrett Fitzgerald. Welcome to Artsany. Thank you for having me. I think it's both your times being in studio for sure. Patrick, I know we've talked about you because yes. you've done a lot of theater and folks probably know your work. So I'm very excited to I'm be very excited. Thank you for having us. <laughs> of course. It's it's wonderful. This is um, Wrong Window, which is opening up at the Paradise Center for the Arts. That happens um, in a couple weeks. February 10th is the first opening night and it is put on by the Paradise Center Community Theater, and it is a production we're going to learn a little bit more about, but just a teaser. It's a comedy whodunit 
that pays tribute to the master of horror, Alfred Hitchcock. And you can get more details and, of course, grab your tickets at paradisecenterforthearts.org forward slash theater. I've got a link on our website you can click on. But um, I'm also going to welcome to the studio uh, our next, our other guest, Zeke Brooks. Welcome to Art Sandy Radio. Thank you. It's a thrill to have you. Yeah, we'll have you get just a little, you bring the mic down a little closer to you. That'll work out. And, uh, you know, at first let's have you do little introductions because you're, since you're new to the Art Zania listening audience, just a little bit about yourself, your theater work, and anything you want to share about your world just to get people to know you. Patrick, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I, I am the um, director of Wrong Window. This is my third directing gig at Paradise Community Theater. Um, uh, I have done numerous numerous um, pieces of work there in the last six years. I am an actor on stage. I've also done props for shows, designed sets pieces as well. Um, uh, And uh, I'm finding that uh, doing the directing piece is uh, very exciting and it's uh, quite an extensive piece of work. But um, uh, I really like to find uh, people, make actors find the funny Mm. and help them find that within themselves. It's one of my great joys is to, is to um, help them find that. I have the, get the impression that you have loved theater for a long time. I have. <laughs> what was it that got you excited about theater? What do you think? Oh, I was doing theater in high school and I went to college to do that. And then as you um, get a little bit older and you get into the real world and you realize that that uh, doesn't necessarily happen for everybody. And, uh, but right now, one of my great themes is the song "Daydream." Mm. Don't fi- don't forget your daydream. And who's who sings that? Um, oh gosh, I'll have to look up. Her we'll name. we'll probably we'll get back to that. Pop pop that um, in our minds sometime. And, um, uh, she was a contestant on America's Got Talent, and uh, it's her it's her own original song. And I, I, I you should remember that things don't always go the way that you expect them to in your life but don't forget your daydream it's your real dream and that's Mm -hmm. what i'm doing right now i think i i love that that's a great thing because you you have to hold on to that and uh and and that is is a, a truth about life is that there are sometimes things are happening to build towards that, that you can't even see the connections. Right. Right. And, and it's, it's going to be a part of what you do. And I think that's, that's very exciting. So it's a thrill to have you here. Let's, let's hear a little bit about your world, Garrett. All right. Um, I'm Garrett Fitzgerald and I am working backstage with Patrick on wrong window here. And then I'm also helping uh, manage the paradise community theater, social media. Um, I've been working with the Paradise since about, oh, 2020, 2021. So it's been like two years now, I guess, for me there. And that was a challenging time to come on board. It was. (laughs) Yes, we had, we had, um, it was, we were doing Frozen Junior. So that was like big, it was the musical and we were, everybody was so excited for it. And then we had to push it off by a year. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yes, that was, that was, that was definitely something, but I mean, we're working to just sort of get the whole building just back up and going and getting this theater thing really running again. And that's been a lot of fun. It is a gorgeous theater. I mean, there's so many, every time I go, I just notice some other element. They've done a really good job. I think with uh, something people may not know about the acoustics. Correct. Yeah. I saw the production in the fall. What's his name? I'm not remembering, which is just fantastic. The Um, human? Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. It was extraordinary. Yeah, extraordinary. And so that's something, another reason to go back uh, to the theater as people are, I think people are kind of figuring out like, you know, what's the, um, it, 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 took a hiatus and now we're all getting back to that of going regularly and being a part of that community. So tell me a little, I was curious, you mentioned social media and that's, that's kind of a new, well, maybe not for me. (laughs) I'm still, well, I still haven't taken the step, but um, in, in promotion, that kind of is, is a really interesting piece of, of, you know, getting people to come to the theater. So what are some of the ways that you've worked on doing that? Um, so for the longest time, the Paradise Theater hasn't always had the strongest social media presence, I feel like, on certain platforms. Uh, Facebook has always been very, very consistent and strong, but I've always wanted us to add a little bit more presence, um, across different platforms, notably Instagram, because it's just so much more visual heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really lets us give people a a window into a window. Oh, there you go. I did it. Um, there may be a few of those today. <laughs> so, yes, uh, um, just sort of a window into the process and all of the people who are really helping make this production happen and um, just really just promoting it, showing people, hey, this is here. Maybe come take a look at well, it. I, you know, I, I just had that flash of you could you could tell the story of backstage before you get on to the to the actual production, which then gives people a little peek and a little different than a flat poster, which is you know sometimes effective. But then you just have that one image to tell the story. Now you've got you know all kinds of things to tell the story. Yes, absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. And uh, let's go ahead and, and introduce Zeke. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your theater world, and anything else you want to share with our listeners. Well, uh, I've been working in the community theater since seventh or eighth grade uh and um, so eight years now i think or so um and actually funny enough the first time i acted there was alongside patrick and young frankenstein so many years ago fun um most of the work i've done there is on the tech side of things running the light board or the sound board um and there's only been a handful of times i've acted and i'm happy to finally be able to act for patrick here um, and funny enough, you mentioned the humans. That was my first time stage managing a show, which was fun to work backstage, which I hadn't really done much before. But that one was a tricky yeah. one because you had all those different apartment levels, and the the it was it was there was no break. It was uh you know show that just ran right right through. Yeah, it was a lot of running around and food <laughs> prep and oh right because you had dishes, to actually have meals. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was an amazing production, and so it shows what's possible, you know, just when you dream. What can we do? How can we make this happen? How do we put this in, in our theater, in, in the setting that we have? I do want to hear, though, because I talked about window stories when I opened up, and I, I was kind of interested, because I, I, the more that I thought about it, the more things I kept remembering about either shows that had used uh, a window looking into the window of somebody else's house or, or even commercials on TV or, you know, just comedy skits there, you know, or, or real life ways. So Patrick, I think you mentioned you might have lots of window stories you'd love I, to I share. Have, I have a few. Um, when I, uh, I lived in, in New York city in Manhattan for a very short time and I would walk through Gramercy park and the old, the old homes and the old townhomes and 
beautiful, beautiful interiors and the windows were wide open. I mean, you would just think about who lived there, mm-hmm. who lived there at a certain period of time in history and who's living there now. And, you know, as we talked about making up stories and thinking about who who's behind that window, what's happening in that space. Um, and we don't know. And what do we really see if we do see something? Mm-hmm. Because we don't know. And yeah. that kind of echoes back to wrong window of, did we really see what we saw? That is yes. always the question, and, and right? It's the human curiosity of, and our, our creative minds that can take us somewhere that we shouldn't have gone. Right. Right. Because <laughs> right, it's, it's probably never close to the real story <laughs> never, ever. Because we like to make things, yeah. uh, you know, more intriguing, more uh, adventurous than, right, you right. know, somebody just having a cup yeah. of tea. <laughs> We think we imagine all their uh, who else is with them and what they're doing and where they're going, getting ready. And like you mentioned, the interiors, too, that can always be fascinating if you, oh, you when know. you look at the beautiful artwork or a sculpture that you, you like really the big, big windows. It's not a small apartment building where you just see this little something, you know, you see an actual interior and um, it can be quite fascinating. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Either you guys have have when I you say the word window, is there something that pops into your mind or um, a good window story? Am I allowed to talk about an old show? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. Yeah, we're just we're just introducing our audience. Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, over this last summer, uh, the Paradise Community Theater did a production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which takes place in the Church of Notre Dame in Paris. Yes. And um, the set design for that was very heavily centered around um, the church and being able to have that set sort of disappear when you don't need it and then show up again. So the way we did that was we had basically the whole frame of it was against a backdrop that would get backlit with um, different colored lighting depending on the scene. And so it would have this like brilliant contrast between the frame of the windows and it was just it was this it was like a giant like 10 12 foot circular window with like the perfect like the beautiful frame and it was just like the dark frame against the brilliant backlight and it was just i really loved that show and i loved the set design because it was simple and strong and just just really beautiful the way it sort of all came together so that is my favorite musical right now and um that was probably one of my favorite productions to work on i i love the the way that you invented that uh you needed to have something happen that could come and go and then problem solved through lighting and color to make that uh magical for the audience i that sounds fabulous Thank yes. you. That's I, I think those are great stories, and that shows how important backstage is because that you, without that it probably changes the whole feeling of the play. How about for you, Zeke? Is there any anything that comes to mind when I? It's a you know kind of a word game when you say windows. There's not much that I can think of. Uh, I just think it's interesting thinking back the amount of shows I've worked on. There's not a ton that really feature windows, mm-hmm. like as a really important part of the show, but uh, the only one I could think of off the top of my head would be uh, Barefoot in the Park, which we did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that had some pretty interesting window stuff. But I think with this one, what we've talked about effect-wise with uh, between things happening outside the window and all the stuff going on with 
lights and backstage, I think it'll be really entertaining and interesting to watch once it all comes together. Yeah, let's talk about this yes, this play. Let's talk this about wrong window. Wrong window is something I'm going to guess most of our listening audience hasn't heard of this play. Uh, maybe, but it's new to probably a lot of this audience. And so, what got you connected with Wrong Window? Um, a couple of years ago, I did a, a play called um... <laughs> Drop Dead. Drop Dead. <laughs> <laughs> And it was written by um, Billy Van Zant and Jane Milmore. So when I was searching for other plays, I really went to their library of work and found this very interesting piece that is um, a spoof on Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. And I'm such a fan of their work, and I'm such a fan of Alfred Hitchcock. It was a great fit for me. Um, so I like really am um, bringing a lot of uh, Hitchcock's sensibilities to the to the show as well as the comedy of, of Van Zant and No More. Yeah, it's an interesting combination because when you say Hitchcock, everybody kind of instantly thinks suspense and uh, psychological thriller and uh, those those amazing camera uh, angles and uh, there, there's so many classic things and you're a, a big Hitchcock fan, right? I am, I am, yes. <laughs> so this must be extra special because tell, tell our listeners what, what they will... Um, if they're if they know Hitchcock, will will pick up on in if, this. If you know Hitchcock, there are I can't tell you how many references to his films, but there are many, and uh, we may even create a uh, a game that uh, if somebody hears hears all of the references. Oh my gosh, <clears> how, that would sounds like that would yeah, be. Yeah, there a, may be a little uh, a little bingo a, card. Yeah, a little that, bingo. Yeah, yeah, bingo card. Right. <laughs> I love so that it's idea. very audience interactive. <laughs> Um, Garrett, that's a really awesome idea. Oh, I'll add it to the social media ideas. Seriously, I guess, right? yeah. that's what we seriously. Can... There's a reference it, uh, to 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 all of his films throughout, but you have to be very aware and pay attention to everything that's happening. Some things are a little bit more amplified than others. Um, for example, I won't say too much, but one of my favorites is the birds. And we have a character that is afraid of birds. He had a terrible incident with birds. And so um, in the script, it seemed pretty simple to me. But um, in my world, I've amplified it tenfold uh, to really bring in that suspense Mm -hmm. and bring in that Hitchcock element. So you can, even if you don't know all of the references, it will be uh, a show that'll be entertaining. Uh, but if you do, then there's that little inside. Uh, you can you can kind of play, have fun along right, with, right. with what's happening. So we should talk about the um, the characters in the in the story. What, so we know it's Wrong Window, which I think is a really fascinating title. I'm going to guess we're not going to get to know today what that means. <laughs> Because that could possibly reveal some things. But it does, you know, you instantly hear that. And, of course, everybody thinks of the, the famous classic uh, Hitchcock scene, right? You you instantly right. go to, is it rear window? No. Rear window. Yeah, okay. When I said it, I yeah. thought, well, that didn't sound right. But because um, my, my image went to, you know, the, the man in the wheelchair looking out the window um, right in an apartment building in and New York City. Yeah, so you're also in New York City. Yes, we and are. there's a couple. Tell us about the the couple that is a part of this that uh, is looking into the window. Uh, well, Marnie, it, Marnie, 
Hitchcock reference, if you didn't catch oh, that. Oh, I didn't right catch off the it. Bat. No, I don't. I don't know M- that one. Marnie okay. is a uh, murder mystery author, and so she knows everything about everything. She's a very published author, and so she knows. And she knows what she saw through that window. Mm, but, did so she, he- but did she really? She comes back to New York City after a separation from her husband. So they're reunited, and they're uh, best friends. Um, uh, his name is Jeff, and uh, their best friends that live in the same building are um, Midge and Robbie. And they all get together and form an idea of what they really saw. But did they? Ultimately, I'm not giving anything away. Okay. Who killed Lila Larswald? And Lila is... Or is she even dead? Oh, no. (laughs) And there begins the unfolding of the story. (laughs) And so that that can go... uh, Right. It can go so many ways, and I'm not going to go any further with that. But it is about what did we see? Mm Mm-hmm. What did we ultimately see, and what did our what did our our great um, minds come up with? And did it really happen? And who did it? Mm-hmm. Something did happen, and then everyone—and I mean everyone—becomes a suspect. And that, and that, so that's where the, this play differs. Is is I think the tone, right? This is. Um, a little bit of that suspense, but there's also a lot of comedy in this. There sure is. There sure is. We've got <laughs> a lot of sight gags, a lot of physical comedy. Um, we do have... Um, uh, yes, oh, there is a dead body. <laughs> okay. For sure. There is a de- <laughs> but working with that, working with um, a dead body on stage, it takes a lot of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. A lot of choreography into movement. We've studied a lot. Um, Jordan Tesh, who is my um, assistant director, is uh, a dancer and choreographer. And so she's our movement coach as well. And she is it's, it's uh, like a fight coordinator, really. And so I will consult with her and she will come up and actually work with the actors about how to hold somebody, how to lift somebody properly, mm-hmm. safely. <laughs> Safety is of utmost important importance on all levels. Um, so uh, it's really fascinating to watch her because I'm not trained in those in those in that respect of being able to safely lift somebody for a period of time. And um, it's it's a really a, f- a fun process to watch her do that. Yeah, you're right because it, it all has to be um, anticipated, and everybody has to know what's happening. You can't just um, have something as important right. to that to the show just you know roll out differently each time right. you do it and so, so we go over and over and over and over again make it right make it safe make it funny right <laughs> that's, and that's the best part but there's a lot of work that goes into just that moment and then you put a couple of those moments in a show and there's a lot of work mm-hmm yeah. But it makes it terribly exciting. So tell us how backstage or what? how does this window get created at the Paradise for Wrong Window? Um, all right. So the set is large. Can I talk about the set yes, a little bit? You, okay. Yes. So the set is largely, um, it's sort of reflected a little bit between between the main apartment and then sort of the window that you're looking into a little bit. And yeah. so there's a lot of reversal and back and forth and mirroring between a lot of the different set changes. They're it's, all 
a little the same and all a little bit different. And so you had to also think about the audience and what they would be wanting them to see what the character sees. So that's a really interesting dilemma for this production, I would imagine. Yes, yep. And then aside from that, I mean, there's there's just sort of all of the little intricate details as, as with this being, you know, a Hitchcock show and everything with um, sort of having the in-references to all of that in the set design even. Um, and then just, you know, having fun with it. There's a little... There's a little prop swapping that has to be done. There's a little. There's even a little. There's a little puppeteering. There's um, a little, little bit of everything. And that's just sort of what backstage is all about. That's yeah, and I think that's a, a big part of a show like this where you're um, trying to, you know, create those impressions of what happened, what didn't happen, and through each character's eyes, you're going to be busy <laughs> for this show. And and Zeke, you play uh, Loomis, who is the uh, uh, super, right? The building super. Uh, yeah, he's like the building handyman. Okay. And, uh, handyman. He's a <laughs> he's been a really fun character to kind of explore and play around with. Um, just because I've never really played a comedic character before, so there's a lot that I have to learn about that with timing and delivery and all that. Um, yeah, tell me about that process. I'd love to, because that is, I think, you know, a real challenge, right? To to be able to deliver those lines with the right emphasis on the right word, and so that your whoever's on stage with you is also like, you know, you guys are clicking at at the right moments, and then you're you're not doing it with an audience yet, so you're learning and and anticipating, and that that's fu- uh, amazing. Tell me what your experience has been. Well, luckily, we do have uh, our director and assistant director watching every night, so we get an idea (laughs) of what might be a laugh line and what won't be, but then again, um, you never really know what's funny for most of the audience until you have a larger audience, and I think um, as we go through performances, when that comes around, we'll learn a lot more about what is funny and what does get picked up from the audience and where we can kind of grow from there. Yeah. One thing I always wanted to know is if you're doing comedies, how do you stop yourself as the actor on stage from cracking up? Because, you know, it's intended to be funny. And if we hear something funny as a human, we, you know, it, it's just natural, right? You, you want to laugh. And sometimes that's appropriate, but sometimes you're not supposed to know that you're delivering, right? It depends on the, the situation for the character. What have you learned about that? Well, I learned I got to try not to laugh a lot harder because <laughs> there's a lot of really funny lines in this show. Um, there's points when I'm backstage and I'm able to kind of peek around and see what's going on and I'm just cracking up at some of the physical bits or other jokes that they're doing. And uh, It's been tricky and I got plenty of work to go, but I think I think we're in a good spot right now. Yeah, how do you as a director help them with that? What are some of the ways that you've learned to deliver comedy on stage that uh, will work, you know, once you you put it all together? So how do you build that up and help the the actors? One of the things that that I have found um, in in growing my own piece of work is that I've become a collaborative director. Mm -hmm. uh, And I work with people that have the funny or have the ideas or have um, a, a suspicion, a something, a creative set to that, and don't want to be just told as an actor what to do and where to go. So are you talking about so, if they are inclined to wave a hand a certain way? or Right, but I also think about the funny. 
It's all about the funny. Like, what can amplify that? What, what, as you, as the actor or actress, what can you do? What can you find within yourself to bring that out versus me telling you exactly what to do? Oh, so it becomes so a part of it's their, natural. It's, it's their creative process. And so if I help to teach that, they can find that. And we've actually found some really amazing, funny bits that I have, that, that the actors have come up with themselves, which pleases me to no end to, to <laughs> see that creative process happen. Mm-hmm. I want to allow that within the work um, so that so that we all learn and grow from that. And one of the things that I was always taught is that we can always go so, so high, so, so loud, so, so big. And if we have to bring it down a little bit, then we will if it's too much. But I would rather start with the big, big, huge and then bring it down if we have to. But what we're seeing now is taking and amplifying something even bigger and bigger and bigger, which is so much fun because something just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. And then it just becomes ridiculously (laughs) funny. I love it so much to watch people just keep going with some, with a bit, Mm -hmm. right? One of my favorites is Tim Conway. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Who, who would take something and just, milk it you just keep going and you go and you go and you go and it takes a lot of talent to know how to do that and to even teach that is one of the things i'd like to do yeah because he really did have a a restrained way of delivering something but you just couldn't stop giggling right right? Right. (laughs) and he would just keep going with it (laughs) and he didn't well rarely he 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 rarely very rare (laughs) correct But that's a classic from the yeah. Carol Burnett show. Yeah. And oh my goodness, that's that brings back a lot of really wonderful things. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. I'm here talking about Wrong Window. And that uh, a show opens up at the Paradise Center for the Arts on February 10th. That's a Friday. And then on Saturday, the 11th. And uh, that show, those shows are at 7.30. And then on Sunday, there's a matinee at 2 p.m. on the 12th. And it, it continues the next weekend, Thursday, the 17th, is, in fact, the American Sign Language Interpreted Show. It's the 16th. It's the 16th. I, I got my yeah. notes backwards. You're right. Uh, 16th is Thursday. That and Do people need to notify the Paradise ahead of time if they'd like to participate in the American Sign Language? Yes, because there's tickets that they will sell where the, um, the signers will be. Perfect. So folks can yep. get in contact with the Paradise Center for the Arts for that. And it continues then Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th at 7.30. And that's your closing night. So if you want to go to a matinee, you got to get that first weekend matinee. Correct, yes. And so it is happening. Tickets are $16 for members, 18 for non-members, and students $12. This is a, a incredible funny show. And I do want to um, bring in one of the things I love about going to the Paradise. And this is um, something Julie asked me to talk about, too, because there's a lot happening at the Paradise. When you go to the pl- – you should go a little early to the show so you can spend some time in that lobby and take a look at the gallery shows. She said through February 11th. The main gallery, the Carlander Gallery, has Deb Lee Carson. And then the next show that opens up is February 13th, and that is with Amanda Webster. And also in the, I'm not sure I'm saying this correctly, Vranish? 
Yes, the Vranish. Vranish yes. Gallery. Bill Nagel will have a show, and there's an opening reception on February 17th from 5 to 7. So I want you to know about that, because there's always something amazing happening at the Paradise. And it's a beautiful theater and a beautiful place to stage a show. And I'm here with Patrick Broker. Did I say that right? Broker. Broker. Very, very close. Okay. Very good. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> And also um, also joining us is Garrett Fitzgerald, who's working on marketing and backstage, and Zeke Brooks, who is Loomis in, in the production of Wrong Window. One thing I noticed in the description of the play is the phrase about the character's relationship. It's moving into a more complicated phase. And I thought, well, now there's a teaser. <laughs> Do tell us what's happening with these main characters. You mentioned uh, Marnie, who is the uh, mystery writer, and then Jeff. Uh, Marnie is played by Amber Holvin, who pe- people may have seen on the stage before. Absolutely, yes. And Jeff Elbies is the character played by Ron Hager. So do tell about that couple. Okay, here I am. I'm I'm still on the air. Here I am. I can't tell too much. Okay. Because the complication, you know, I think will come down to... um, So they've been apart. They've been apart. And they're coming back. they're coming back together. Marnie has been out um, in L.A. And she comes, comes back to New York City. It's July Fourth weekend. Is this it's a, very a, hot a, in New York City? A, a, a happenstance situation or an intentional? And she had she had her she go find herself somewhere, right? Okay. So she left, but they've reconciled and now she's back in the city. But some things have happened in while they were separated, and um, <laughs> I really can't say anything else. <laughs> You'll have to come and see the show. Well, I was intrigued by that. It also comes down to. The the um, contention between what Marnie thinks she saw. Marnie's the leader of the group of what she's 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 the the two women Marnie and Midge. They know what they saw. Of course they did, right? But you know, and Jeff doesn't want to have anything to do with that. So there's a little bit of that contention there too. I can see it that happening. Conflict, that, that right? there are a little bit, yeah. Sides being taken, right. Right. And that so, that's always fascinating. And and of course, there, out of that comes a whole lot of comedy. And I suspect maybe there may be some things from their past that get brought up. And some... Right. Oh, there is. Some there certainly is. stories that get told yes. about what what may or may not have happened. Yes. <laughs> that's that's where the comedy comes in, which makes this kind of fun. And the, a lot of... The, the, not a lot, but there's some comedy of, of sneaking into somewhere you're not, you don't belong. Mm. And is somebody in that space and True, hiding because they're trying to and figure out they're trying to figure out who killed Lila. And uh, so there's a lot of um, hiding, uh, sneaking around and uh, which creates great sp- space for comedy, mm-hmm. really, of coming and going and hiding and closed doors and opening doors and peeking around the corner and sneaking a lot of sneaking. Yes. <laughs> I'm intrigued already. So there is that suspense element. Whether it's comedy or not, there's still suspense behind it. There's, I could still be laughing at somebody that sneaks across a room and hides, but they're hiding for a reason, and that's the suspense of something else that is that can happen at any moment of getting caught. Aha! Right, right. right. So there's 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 tr- still underlying a lot of suspense. 
throughout the, throughout the entire show. Which I think makes for a great show when you have both those those lighter moments and then those deeper, you know, fear inducing moments because it really brings you on a, a roller coaster right. as you see the show. And you mentioned that um, this is actually, you know, pretty contemporary. Billy Benzant, did I get that his name yes. right? Um, is, you know, uh, this was written in. T- 2008 is when it first opened. When it first opened, right. So it's a very contemporary. And people think of Hitchcock and they think of, you know, 50s and 60s and such. Uh, tell me about your decisions. You, you, you talked a little bit about uh, where you would place it, what era you would put this in. And I think that's always a fascinating decision-making process for a director to talk about the costumes and the set and the design and the era, you know, it changes as you select that different space to, to present the play. Um, <clears throat> immediately I wanted to place it in late fifties. You know, that was a time period where um, Hitchcock was doing a lot of his work, wrong windows in the, that, that era as well. And I found rear the, window, right? Rear window. Yes. <laughs> Um, I felt that that was um, could really lend itself to this to the story, and then as I continue to read the script, and it it is a contemporary script, but then um, when you the, the costumes were um, an early '60s feel, mm-hmm. it's noted noted. So, uh, you know, as a director, you really decide where where do I really want to go with this? It is very contemporary. The language is incredibly contemporary, and the references. So I didn't feel that. Ultimately, I could take it into the 50s with that. It just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So um, we've put it really present day. And it, so, just, it seems to work that way. And did you, I, I was curious about the, the Hitchcock references. Have you been learning as you've been going through the show about those? Or is it something that you were familiar with his work ahead of time, Zeke? Um, well, I've actually always been a little bit of a movie buff. So I picked up on a lot of the references right off the bat, but there were a few that I was I was missing and um, have been pointed out to me as we've went along. But uh, yeah, I've actually been a Hitchcock fan since I was a little kid. My uh, I got an aunt that showed me a couple of Hitchcock movies when I was a kid. Well, that's always uh, interesting because that's those are kind of scary, <laughs> and you still were a fan. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Rear Window, I think, is still one of my favorite uh, suspense thriller movies. And then um, I didn't get to see Psycho until I was a little bit older. Good. We're <laughs> glad. <laughs> I think that's interesting because they are just things that stick with our culture. And, you know, people, even if you it's been for me, it's been a long time since I've seen a Hitchcock movie, but then, you know, you name a few of those, those pieces to the puzzle and you instantly have a connection or a reference point And that, that makes it even more fun. It's going to be really fun for a Hitchcock fan to come and see this and, and pull out all those references, even to the characters names and where they've been. Mm. Right. So we've got a lot and there's one film that uh, that is one of my favorites. It's called Frenzy, and it was done in England. And n- so a lot of Americans don't know about this Hitchcock film, but there's there's a couple of moments where I'm pulling out, because I'm very visual, with especially with what Hitchcock did in his camera shots, is that um, uh, there's a scene where I've really pulled out a moment where I wanted to see that same kind of action that he was doing in the film, and so if you're a real, real big fan, you may catch it. 
uh, or you may not, but it's still a, a suspenseful part. Again, we go back to that. There's some moments that are qu- actually quite thrilling and really scary. So it's it's there's a lot of emotion going on, and as a director, I just I get so excited to I watch it all happen. I do. I get so excited. <laughs> I can tell. And so let's talk a little bit about the uh, marketing of this, and what what moments are you pulling out? What are you finding of the um, production that that you are you know featuring and trying to sell the show essentially to to the audience for especially because it's a show. It, you know, we mentioned that not not everybody will know Wrong Window, and it's it's so you have to kind of teach people what to expect. So, what have you been finding has been working or been in, intriguing for you to to, to feature? Um, so mostly, I've just been um, working to try and get camera shots of like actual action stills of what's going on, and then making sure that I'm able to sort of. Um, frame it humorously and ambiguously so that people don't exactly know what's happening so they can still come in with you know fresh eyes and and uh and enjoy the show um but yeah just sort of um action stills from from all of the different sort of characters just coming at each other a little bit because that happens a little bit in the show and um yeah just sort of giving people insight not only into the the acting process but also just sort of the the behind the scenes look at things in that these are people too they they're the actors have a lot of fun on stage and i think it's important to share that because we are a community theater we work with the community we are all volunteers from the community and so it's always great to um give a perspective that lends itself to bringing more people in to watch shows and also to be in shows. Mm-hmm. Let's tell people what that Instagram account is so they can um, find it. So that is going to be uh, Paradise Community Theater on Instagram. Theater with the R-E at the end, not the E-R. Okay. Um, so that'll be, yep, on Instagram. And then we also have the Paradise Center for the Arts Instagram account if you're interested in the um, larger events that are happening um, throughout the rest of the Paradise building, um, which I recommend. And then also um, Paradise Community Theater on Facebook also gets a lot of posts going from that. Good. I want people to be able to, to check those out. Another uh, piece that Julie wanted me to mention is Artist Development Workshop, which is coming up. This one happens to be in Red Wing at the Clay and Creative Center. It is on February 16th, 2023 at 6 p.m. It's called Making a Living as an Artist, and the panelists are going to be Sue Pariso. I hope I've said that correctly. Sue, she's a studio potter. Uh, Gabby Maravelas, who is a tattoo artist, Lyle McDill, a uh, clay artist who you might recognize. She often comes to the festival that happens around the Feet of Jesse James Days, the uh, Riverfront Fine Arts Festival, and has those beautiful, colorful clay pieces that, that just are amazing. My kids love them. And Dan Weimer is a painter who will be a part of that. Um, that is, you know, how do you, you make a living as an artist? And how do you navigate the risks involved? And that's a, a, been a great series that they've been doing in conjunction with the Northfield Arts Guild. And the future one in May, on May 18th, is grant writing for artists. So that's another big event happening at the Paradise. Paula, I wanted to talk about something real quick. You were talking about the galleries in, at the Paradise Center for the Arts. And um, I am uh, featuring the work of a very good friend of mine, David Cook, who had a gallery showing yes, um, at was... the Paradise, a very specific series of his, and I'm featuring his artwork in this New York City apartment. Oh, I love that! Which is some of his other incredibly 
wonderful work. And so I just wanted to share that. I'm really excited about um, making uh, that accessible and see uh, for people to see some of his other work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really lends itself to a posh New York City apartment of a mystery writer. I think that's perfect. I, just I love, love it when so there's much. that cross pollination, right. if you will. Right, I love that. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Of um, um, showcasing local talents, and why not? Why, if you're going to create a stage a show, use somebody, and then they can give them a reference, and people can learn more about and be curious about that work. Right, right. Oh my gosh! What else should we talk about this show? We've got just a few minutes left here, and I want to, you know, what should people know? How are we going to, um, you know, make sure that audiences come to see this again? It's, it's, a, we're giving you the dates a little early. We're doing this so you can get your tickets so they don't sell out. February tenth is the opening night, and it runs for two two weekends. Paradise Center for the Arts is where you can get all the details. And I, I mean, I'm sold. I'm ready to Good. to get my ticket. I, I think it's just. I think we need some of this right now. We need some comedy don't we we really do a good entertainment i love being able to escape for a couple hours watching live there's something really incredible about being in an audience and and you know uh and especially a show like this i would think you you um the audience is uh as i would think are they in on what's going on? Do they know ahead of what the actors, or are they also finding out as the actors find finding out? Finding out as the actors. Okay. Yeah. Building so, that suspense to the very end. There's also, we're in New York City, and we're in um, some brownouts and blackouts. During your show? During the show. Oh, yes. So we've got action in the dark, which really, really lends itself to the mystery of who's where, and things are revealed. Through flashlights. Oh. And so I'm really trying to build this up so that people, that there's all these different moments within that just continue to build throughout. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a, a hallway scene where they're down, they're going down the hallway in the dark. Who's where? Now that's. A- is, are they being chased by the murderer? Right? And who's who? And that's an interesting thing to have to stage. It is. It's very interesting. It's a lot of fun, too. And. and, and last night we changed it up just a little bit and it's actually it just again build 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 and it's actually really spooky and creepy when we added that one other element and i think it's just going to get better and better yeah that's exciting it is it's very exciting zeke what would you say to people who we want to have them come buy tickets come buy tickets (laughs) (laughs) all right uh it's a really unique show uh i think I mean, I've worked on a couple of shows from the technical side that are more kind of thrillers, and I think this one might be one of the scariest ones I've worked on. Ooh. Um, it's definitely got some of the best suspense, and uh, I think the best, I mean, it's got really good comedy, too. If you like thriller comedy kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, everyone buy tickets. There you go. That sounds great. My first show that I directed was The Haunting of Hill House. And I wanted to scare people, right? And love The Haunting of Hill House. I love that story. And it's a ghost story, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I did was Drop Dead, which was a comedy. And now we've got both of them together. I love love the combo. (laughs) It's a a great combo. Mm -hmm. And Zeke, I just need to give a shout out to my father who is listening right now. You've got two weeks to step it up. My father was in a show, which Zeke and I were both in, which Zeke referenced, um, uh, Young Frankenstein. And my father had a, a, a little cameo in it. And 
talks about Zeke all the time and can't wait to come and see the show. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And there's there's a thing there. I want to – it's all in the family. This this the Zeke the, – the Brooks family has been involved. The whole family, almost all of them, have been involved in the Paradise Community Theater. And um, that goes for a lot of different families that are involved. It's, 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 it is a family affair, and it's just a wonderful, warm – thing to have happen that's what community theater can do it it truly is and there's there's we're very blessed in this area to have so many talented theater artists and you know the paradise is a beautiful place to see a place i want everybody to go see wrong window any last words um that you want to jump in sorry i wanted to give you a chance to to promote anything you can think of uh totally fine um so yeah, just it's going to be a great show, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. And sort of, um, we're in the last two weeks, obviously, building up to that. And so I'm going to be having the social media will be having posts about it basically every day, every other day. So little snippets into it. So maybe take a follow there if you want to uh, keep an eye on the show as it as it warms up, as it ramps up. So Perfect. super excited. Uh, it's very exciting. I want to thank Garrett Fitzgerald and Zeke Brooks and Patrick Brocker. I got it. <laughs> thank you so much, Paula, for having us. Of course. I'm really just a lot of fun. thrilled to be able to, to share this, this story with our listeners. And there's so much happening at the Paradise Center for the Arts. There's also um, art classes that you can take, paint a portrait of your pet with Julie Faulkner, who I mentioned. That's coming up February 2nd. There's a class called Landscape Painting Online. So even if you don't uh, aren't able to come into the Paradise, you can take a class. And there's something called Paper Bag Albums, which I really encourage you to go and check out online and see. And the Paradise has also got a huge lineup of music and comedy. So check out Paradise Center for the Arts and you will find something to uh, engage yourself and make time for the arts. I think that's really important. Folks, you've been listening to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I hope you always add some Art Zany in your life and take some time, of course, to enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877.